0: I wanted to wash my nose because my nose is... What? I wanted to clean my nose.
1: Why do you want to clean your nose?
0: Because you didn't give me time to wash my face. And Why do
1: you need to wash your face for an audio podcast? <laughs>
0: because I, my nose was watery and I wanted to clean so my voice become better.
1: Okay, now, do, you want to wash your, do you want to wash your nose and then come back and we can try again? Yes. Or let's just keep it recording and we can just edit. I kept it. <sighs> Brother
0: musicreneur.com
1: great moments are born of great opportunity a society either rises or falls to the level of its art if you're good at something never do it for free you love music, you've devoted your life to music why sell yourself short by sharing your life's passion working for quote the man you musicians, you're too too musical <laughs> Netflix is not your friend people Get off the couch, take a shower, comb your hair, and get out there.
0: You're not doing it for the money. You're doing it for what the money says. And it says what it says to any player that makes big money, that they're worth it.
1: We could have allowed it to steal our joy, but instead it steeled our inner fortitude.
0: spent time with your family? Because a man that doesn't spend time with his family can would be a real man.
1: The world will point out every reason why I should just quit, but I won't quit for one reason. Because I say so. To assist in your journey of making money, making music, the musicpreneur.com podcast starts now. Here's your host, James Newcomb. Sana, how the heck are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I am peachy. Thank you for asking. This is James Newcomb, and I'm coming at you with my loyal and sturdy wife, Sana Dori. What's so funny, honey?
0: It's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> my,
1: my wife has to get used to the fact that I like to joke around when I make podcasts. She, she, she is under the impression that joking does not equate to adding value and talking business. I am of the impression, I'm of the opinion that business doesn't have to be all business. You can have fun and you can provide a little bit of entertainment, put a smile on people's faces and still talk business and still provide valuable insights to our loyal listeners. But you don't seem to think that way.
0: That's not true. It should be
1: drab. It should be boring. And it should be all (laughs) business. High starch on the shirts.
0: That's not true.
1: And that's the way it should be.
0: No. I well, also, how do you
1: view doing business?
0: I also know humor, but it has its own right place and time.
1: Okay, but it and it, its right place and time is not when we're talking business, obviously.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Okay. So, how do you view doing business, talking business, explaining business?
0: How do I view explaining business?
1: Yeah. How should how should people? What's the best way to teach? business principles and tactics and whatnot
0: Mm, it should be interactive while we are learning theories and tactics strategies we should have some fun as well
1: and how do we have fun if we're not going if if we're not allowed to tell jokes and laugh
0: i mean jokes could be part of the learning curve but not all the time maybe okay maybe use jokes for icebreaker at the beginning of our session
1: okay well what if we were to just talk about what we are going to talk about and if one of us thinks of something funny to say at an opportune moment we go ahead and say it and just make it fun for people who are listening in
0: but imagine if your lecture is uh, talking about something important and then suddenly you put a pause on your lecture and talk Mm -hmm. about a joke that is not even related
1: well spoons full of sugar makes the medicine go down honey (laughs) Ever hear that phrase from Mary Poppins? Yeah. Same thing with teaching business, teaching mm-hmm. anything, music, a little humor, just it—it's just makes it palatable. That's
0: right, but it has its if, own right time and place. You can't just stop your professor and um, choke on that of course spoonful not. of sugar.
1: But you can say something that's relevant to the course. Like, you're a university professor, so you can interject a little funny story or an anecdote that goes along with whatever you're teaching, right?
0: That's right. That's what I always do.
1: Right. It's not like you're going to teach tourism and business and hospitality management like you do and then say, oh, by the way, did you hear about the Siamese twins who moved to England so the other one could drive? <laughs> it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't fit.
0: <laughs> I'm going to get a you... bunch of Vietnamese uh <laughs> kids sitting in front of me and rolling their eyes at me <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have to tell a story I told that joke to a Korean guy when I lived in Korea and Koreans they they don't really do like the the western uh, we'll get to it honey don't worry you just gotta be patient so the Koreans don't really do this uh, nuanced humor like the British and, and Americans do like there there's a certain type of sarcasm that Americans, and especially the British, are known for. And so that joke, like the Siamese twins who moved to England so the other one could drive, that's very nuanced. You have to kind of visualize two people, Siamese twins moving, and then like the jealousy and the envy that the one person has because they're not able to drive, and so they go through all the expense and time to move to England so they can, it's, it's just, you have to understand that. So Koreans, they don't do that. That's not part of their humor. They're like slapstick Mel Brooks type of comedy. And so I told this joke to this Korean guy, and he didn't know what to make of it. He he just looked at me like, was he over 30 years old? (laughs) Anyway, that's my story about that joke about the Siamese twins who moved to England. So the other one could drive. And that sarcastic clap is brought to you by Beaten Path Media for all of your podcast (laughs) production Needs, audiobook production needs, head on over to beatenpath.media, sponsor for today's show. Sana, you look like you have something on your mind. I don't. (laughs) You don't have anything on your mind. You don't have some marketing principles that you had in mind that you want to share with our loyal listeners, and aren't they loyal for suffering through this first five minutes of this podcast?
0: Yeah, I bet they are.
1: No, you seriously, you had something that you wanted to talk about. So let's talk about it.
0: Not really. It just, it just came to my mind. Because the other time we were talking about musicians and how they are being neglected. Or maybe musicians don't put much of higher value for themselves. Okay. And I just... Uh, after that podcast we had, uh, I went um, deep in thought, thinking. Um, I mean, music... Itself as a product, how it's being sold in the market and um, how um, uh, people very easily can go online and download these musics for free. Um, I think if we actually look at music industry and uh, create some sort of an organized system, it will be very uh, beneficial to the musicians who are actually... The um, out there and their voice is not being heard, or maybe their music haven't been heard by their audiences. Maybe there are a group of people out there can be an active market for them, but, and they're interested in that kind of type of music, but they never got a chance to hear that. So I came up with the music as a product, but not a really tangible product, but it's intangible. Uh, basically, Uh, intangible why I call it intangible because uh, we are not selling a, a physical item when we are talking about music but we are selling the service to our audiences so you may say oh well music can be experienced before buying or purchased you can hear it you can experience it and if you like it you can have it Uh, on your favorite um, devices, maybe on disc, on um, CD, on your MP3 and stuff like that. But it's not, the tangibility part is... Okay,
1: Sana, I have to interrupt here. Like, I, I, I appreciate that you put the thought into this, but you're not a musician. Like, you don't, you've never put out an album. You don't, you can't, how can you relate to musicians? And I'm asking, why should a musician listen to what you have to say?
0: Because I think there is, There is a way to make music as uh, a tangible product to be sold and um, create a higher value for uh, music as a product.
1: Okay, but you've never actually done this. So why should a musician who wants to do what you're talking about, why should they listen to you?
0: I'm trying to help.
1: You're trying to help, but you've never done it. So why, if I'm a musician and I want to like make... A buck with, with what I like to do and I want to share it with others, why would I listen to you?
0: Because if we understand the nature of the product as a music then it would be much easier for us to um, create strategies to market that product.
1: Music as a product. You don't even understand that musicians can't stand to think of their music as a product.
0: Well those who stand it they probably will hear what I'm trying to say.
1: Okay. Uh, well we'll just trust that people have it in them to listen to what you have to say so don't let me get in your way go ahead and speak
0: well because music doesn't have a physical nature so when you're offering music to your audiences and music doesn't have a physical nature people can't see it with their own eyes they can't you know see the shape and form of it so it's very difficult for them to understand the language of music the way the musicians understand it so people say oh this music is nice i love that music but they don't really know the effort or um, the amount of um, perseverance the musician put up for years and the amount of time they have put into it to create that piece of art so that's why I'm trying to study music as an entity or a product uh, that doesn't have a physical form. And when when we understand music is as a service, then we can explore more into music being intangible as a heterogeneous product um, that is inseparable from the instrument that produce it. And of course, uh, it will be perishable too. So let me actually define what do I mean by services when I say music as a service. Services are activities or series of activities rather than things which has same element of intangibility associated with it, which involves some interaction between the audience and the service provider and doesn't result in a transfer of the ownership. So this is a definition of services. Based on this definition, I'm going to define what do I mean music's, music to be intangible, inseparable, or heterogeneous and perishable. Um, just think about it. I'm a lecturer and... When we have new students coming to the university, basically the students do not know me. They don't know how my classes look like, how I'm going to transfer that knowledge or deliver my um, knowledge to them via um, interactive classes, textbooks, or any other material that I have prepared. So they have to just trust the university, pay their fee, Hoping they're going to get benefit out of the delivery of knowledge, skills and presentations that I make for them. And this is, and I have compared this to you as a musician or any other musician. And I think your customers, your audiences have the same feeling. So when they buy a music or they go to a concert, they're going with the hope of getting the benefit they want to get the impact. Uh, They want to get from hearing that music. Right. So they have a certain expectation and it only comes to reality after they hear the music. After they use your services. Then they can create that perception. Well, this musician is really good. The music was amazing. This is something called, I think, cognitive dissonance. So uh, usually it forms after you use the product or the services in your brain you try to compare whether you had uh, uh, something that met your expectation you're satisfied and content or not and that goes into deeper you know explanation of perception of a human being by comparison maybe they compare that piece of music with the other musicians and other music uh, something that was really pleasing and gave them pleasure and they compare it with that so if the feeling from the new music is not matching with the previous one in their mind they might say oh okay this music was not good this product was not up to my standard
1: so if a musician has other people like people that like their music if, if they're singing their praises and other people hear about this musician and they go into that concert with this expectation of what they're gonna get that's kind of like the idea of social proof
0: right that's a very good point because in marketing, the most important, the well, let's say, um, the most effective tools of marketing is word of mouth, WOM. Yes. And um, word of mouth happens usually in social community where people get together and people like to purchase product and services when they are referred to. So let's say I want to buy a dress. I probably like my mother's taste and I trust her judgment and choices. I would definitely buy a dress that she point at. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: the same thing happened with music. And any other product and services. People likes to buy something that are referred to because somebody already used it, experienced it, and they can critically analyze the benefit or the disadvantages of that service and product. They don't want to waste time and money.
1: They well, whether it's a musician or... Uh, some sort of coaching service, or some sort of like even a, a refrigerator that you want to buy. I'm just looking at my ref- refrigerator right now. If you get that um, that recommendation from someone that you know and that you like and you trust their judgment and their opinion, then you're you're going to build up that no like and trust factor with uh, this musician that you haven't heard of and that you you have this burning desire to have this emotional need met through music.
0: Right. That's right.
1: So you're always looking for you're always going for that no like and trust factor regardless of the product be it music or a TV or whatever. musicwhenyou.com
0: The second point is inseparability. So services cannot be separated from its provider. So the provider is that someone who provide or process special skills like Singers, doctors, and for our case right now, musicians. Musicians use their instruments to produce the piece of art, the piece of music. The music itself is intangible. But musicians use tangible product to produce intangible services. For example, you are a trumpeter. You use trumpet, a tangible product to produce piece of music, which is intangible. They are usually produced and consumed at the same time. So basically at the same time, the musician use the instrument and produce piece of art. But this piece of music may not sound the same the next time, the next time, the next time. That's why we record it in order to have it standardized and copy into different devices to be used. To give you an example of inseparability, for example, if uh, you should be present in a place to perform um, your favorite piece of music, if you are not there, it might not happen. The music will happen if the provider is there. Got it. That's kind of an element or factor in... Um, service um, or I can give you another example because everybody knows about McDonald's right I'm sure yes. you know McDonald. you don't like you don't like cooking so every time you're hungry you go to McDonald's <laughs> and have your cheeseburger
1: or I make spaghetti because that's easy
0: so McDonald is uh, being known for its best quality of service operation I remember in Singapore they had this promotion. Uh, where customers can order their food. And there is this stopwatch in front of the cashier machine. And they promise in 60 seconds, they're going to provide all the orders. And if they don't, the customer will get all their food for free.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. See, it's it's funny that you say that because American Americans listening to this will be like, wait, C- McDonald's is known for its leadership in customer service? Um they might disagree with that, but McDonald's in Singapore and Bangkok, Thailand, it's very it's very different. They have very different standards than the U.S. Although that's very it's very good. I'm not I'm not dissing McDonald's here. It's just that they don't the standards aren't as high here in the U.S. Like they don't they don't have any such guarantees. It's it's going to be three or four minutes before your chicken nuggets are are done, and that's fine. I, there's there's no complaints, but it's just different here in the U.S. versus other places.
0: Right. So why am I giving you this example for inseparability? Uh, if you noticed if McDonald's um, didn't have highly skillful laborers, I mean the service providers in place, um, they could make a mistake and lose a lot of profit. But in this promotion, f- almost over a month, McDonald never gave out any free lunches because of its hands-on providers, service providers. So I think this could work with musicians as well. So if you work on your service quality and you maintain that, it shows the continuity and consistency in your service production and or music production. Definitely you're going to attract more loyal customers to you who want to listen to your music more and more and uh, come back again and again because they know that the service provider cares for them and they want to uh, give them a quality product, which is a music.
1: Outstanding. This is good stuff. Okay, so we had the second point is inseparability. And and can you Mm -hmm. tell me again the first point?
0: Intangibility.
1: Intangibility, that's right.
0: right. Okay, so... With that, we come to heterogeneity, the one that you don't like.
1: Heterogeneity?
0: Yeah. Heterogeneity. <laughs>
1: is, there, is there a word with less than seven syllables that we can use in its place just so we can reach, just so we can communicate with everybody listening here? Like lowest common denominator here. Heterogeneity. How else, what, what other word would we use in, in its place? <laughs> Wait. Sana is too smart for her own good. Wait. She's got this word and she doesn't even know what it means.
0: Yeah, but I know in business, but I don't know <laughs> the synonym. Honey, don't put this in your podcast. Don't make fun of Heterogeneous it. I
1: don't like it. Heterogeneous is consisting of dissimilar or diverse ingredients or constituents. Right. Okay. Heterogeneous defined.
0: Diverse. Heterogeneous means Yeah, diverse, varied, assorted.
1: Okay, so I'll have heterogeneity slash diversity. Okay, that's not incorrect.
0: Okay, so don't put those stuff in there, honey, because it doesn't look good.
1: I'm the editor. I'll take care of everything, honey.
0: So with that, we come to the third point, heterogeneity. So heterogeneous means diverse, varied. Assorted, like you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. means product that are or substances that are in different phases.
1: It's just like you and me. I'm American, you're Iranian.
0: <laughs> Maybe, right. It's
1: very, it, it's, it's, it's an unlikely, on the surface, it's an unlikely pairing. Mm-hmm. But once you get to know you and me, it's, um, it makes all the sense in the world.
0: Mm hmm. So, you as a musician, you can render your services by standard procedure. For musicians, okay. you don't have a standard procedure, do you?
1: <laughs> right. Well, you sort of do.
0: Do you work with SOPs? Like, um, I know in Ford, when... Um, Uh, ford introduced the conveyor belt he created Mm -hmm. sop which is standard procedure for the laborers to kind of attach all the pieces and bits of the cars on the conveyor belt and at the end of the conveyor belt you have your finished product but for musician those who are specialized in one kind of instrument or one music you can't do that right
1: well i mean it's not it's not as systematized as putting together a car on a conveyor belt. But if, I, if I'm if i going to like rehearse a, a difficult passage, for example, on the trumpet or the cornet, there is a certain procedure that I will use to do that. I'm going to, let's just say that the f- finished tempo is 120 beats a minute, just for example. And that's, that's where I want to finish. Well, I'm going to set my metronome at 50 beats per minute and then play it perfectly at 50 beats per minute and then I'll increase it to 55 and then 60 and all the way up to 120 and that that might take two or three weeks before I can get it to that point but it's there is definitely a procedure or a certain way of doing things when it comes to music and rehearsing and practicing right it's not quite as systematized as putting together a and
0: that's because human element involved in it so Standard of procedure, uh, it's a difficult task for, for a musician or for you, uh, because the human factor involved. You play a piece of music, uh, very differently for different given audiences. So you might play a twinkle, twinkle little star. Uh, for a six or seven years old in order it's pleasing to his or her ears. But you can play, again, the same music, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, for an audience who are in their mid-30, but you play it in more artistic way, get your m- music involved. But the song is the right. same. So you see, that's, that's the heterogeneous quality of uh, your music. That's why it's Got called it. heterogeneity. Got it. Yeah, so your piece of music, production of it, is based on different uh, elements. Demographic of your audience, uh, psychographic of your audience, or even their status. It can affect the way a musician plays the same song.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Musicpreneur.com
0: Okay, the last point is perishability. Do you know what's perishability?
1: I would equate that with scarcity. It means that it's available for a short period of time and then it's no longer available.
0: That's right. So generally services can't be stored. They can be saved. They can be sold or returned. Just like musicians, their performances or acts whose production and consumption takes place simultaneously, they also perish if consumption doesn't happen. That's how I define perishability into my...
1: Uh, And and how would a musician relate that to what they do? Because I hear the word perishable, and I'm thinking like a loaf of bread that I buy at the store has an expiration date. Like past this date, it's going to start to get moldy. And if I eat it, I'm going to get sick. So it's perishable.
0: Right. So if you have a performance in an opera house on a certain date, and I miss it, I missed it. I can't return back to that performance, that specific performance with dancers, with musicians.
1: Well, you can always catch the next show the next night. But it won't unless, be the same. Unless that's the final show of the run. Even even so, then there's still a certain degree of perishability. Even if there's like several performances of the same thing. Like orchestras will do the same program two or three times in one weekend. But even that has perishability because once they're done then, well, you've missed your chance to see Beethoven's Fifth Symphony for the next however long it is until they do it again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that makes sense. So we have intangibility, inseparability, heterogeneity, j- j-
0: heterogeneity, and perishability.
1: And perishability. All right, Sana, well, I'm going to be honest and say that I was a little bit skeptical that a uh, professor of tourism and hospitality management would be able to say uh would be able to share things of value for musicians but i have to say that what you shared was really interesting and i think musicians can take what you said and apply it to their own musicpreneurial mindset and their journey so it's good stuff thank you For more podcasts and resources on making money, making music and to download the free musicpreneur.com mobile app, head on over to musicpreneur.com today. Thanks for listening. That's it. Just like that. Is there anything else you want to add? any like a joke or something now that we're done with the lecture now you can tell a joke
0: i actually really want to tell a joke tell me so i can say it tell a joke joke that's it you said tell a joke i said a joke joke
1: uh, wow okay well my wife tell shares really good information on marketing and sales and whatnot, but the jokes leave a bit to be desired. It's a a requirement to be on this podcast, honey, that you have to have a joke. You have to have a joke at the ready. It's a requirement. So you don't know any jokes.
0: Actually, I know a lot, but now that you ask me, I don't even recall any.
1: Okay, while you're thinking of a joke, I'm going to tell you one um a dog walks into a bar and he says hey everybody look at me i'm a talking dog hey everybody can you see me can you listen to me i'm a talking dog hey bartender how about a drink for the talking dog and the bartender says sure the toilet's over there (laughs) did you think of your joke honey no all right do you remember the one about the ham sandwich No. You don't remember the one about the ham sandwich?
0: Mm Mm-mm.
1: How about the snail that knocks on the guy's door?
0: Yes, I remember. Can you tell it? Uh, The snail knocked the door, and um, someone opened the door, and the snail said, Can you give me a glass of water? And that person banged the door on him, the snail come back after eight years and uh, <laughs> knocked the door. The same person opened the door and the snail said, hey, dude, what is that all about?
1: Outstanding delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I couldn't have told that one better myself.
0: Please say it yourself.
1: No, I can't tell it better than that. That was good. Okay. All right. That's a good podcast, honey.